Hey, welcome back, everyone. We are the Robots After All. I'm Tom. And I'm Andrew. Yep, and here we are. Today we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation 1. And before Ooh. we get to that, we got a robot of the week. And that robot oh. is... Claptrap from Borderlands. There he is. Andrew's got a couple figures of him. That one kind of represents the graphical style more than uh, the other one you have. But Yeah, this is kind of more of a statue. Uh, came out when Borderlands 3 came out. That's kind of like a promotional thing. I think they were selling these in Target. But I do have one that is really cool. And it actually came with a special edition of the, uh, the Handsome Collection. This is actually a remote control claptrap. It actually has like rubber wheels with like uh, the wheels kind of split in two. So it can like basically pivot in place. And it's got a gyroscope in it so it actually stands up and will actually ride on the one wheel which is pretty sick um and he said phrases and yeah he's pretty big um says some phrases lights up has a camera um you know you you control it with your phone so who knows if my phone actually uh will still run the app or not but (laughs) it hangs out as a uh as just kind of a, a statue in my collectible case and yeah claptrap is really cool he's um you know, not loved by everyone, but I, I personally think he, he brings a lot of humor and, and uh, fun to the Borderlands series. Yeah, he's a great character. A lot, a lot of iconic catchphrases and that. He says a lot of stuff, and it's really fun to listen to him talk about it. I've listened to him once or twice. I'll doesn't listen to him again. Doesn't like stairs. But, so yeah, that's Robot of the Week. Let's get to the Final Fantasy Seven. What do you say, buddy? Let's do it. All right, so it was released in 1997, and I was only 15 years old. Can you believe that? I can believe that because I was also 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were the prime age, but I don't know if you played it when it came out, did you? I did not. Spoilers. This is, this is like the this is like our our opposite perspectives on the game because I I played it when it first came out, and prime age for playing and getting super hyped for a game of this caliber and i hadn't played any final fantasy prior to this and the last final fantasy came out on super nintendo i think just a few years three years prior so before that they came out and there was all mostly 2d i think they incorporated some 3d in final fantasy 6 but it was really confusing because the last one that came out was actually final fantasy 3 for super nintendo and then it jumped from three to seven. Oh, that's right. And, that was and the, the reason game. why is because three in America is six in Japan. Right. Yeah. yeah, there was that weird thing where it didn't release for a couple games. Is that what happened? Yeah, they, they, they didn't think the that JRPGs would do well in the, in, uh, in the Western market. So we got basically Final Fantasy for the first Nintendo. We got Final Fantasy 2 on the Super Nintendo, which was technically Final Fantasy 4. And then we got Final Fantasy three, which was Final Fantasy six. So they skipped, you know, two and three in Japan and then um, five and and then five, I guess. Yeah. So then three became six. It's it's confusing. If you look at it on like a, on a wiki, it's it's pretty easy to understand what they did. But uh, but yeah, bizarre. Yeah. Very, very uh, yeah, strange that they didn't. But um, that whole timeline was kind of weird. I, don't, I didn't pay attention to it until this one came out. And I think what really got me into this is just seeing the ad campaign for it was crazy. I mean, they were playing 
commercials. I was seeing commercials on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. And just like even going to game stores and seeing like posters or just people talking about it. And just like the lead up to the game in itself was amazing. And we briefly uh, talked about how we each got a different VHS. So I was part of the PlayStation fan, like club, like when they had the Are You Ready or something, Red E campaign. I forget exactly what it's called, but they sent the VHS to those, the members of the, the PlayStation club. And it just had a bunch of trailers that they aired on TV. And they also showed a bunch of trailers for new games like Saga Frontier and I think maybe Bushido Blade. Oh, that's a good one. Um, that's that's what's crazy about Squaresoft is like they were doing so many, they were just trying out, they've always just been trying out different games. I remember Einhander was one of my favorite games by them. It was a side-scrolling shooter. And Bushido Blade was a lot of fun. It was like, like one-hit kill type of game. And then like other multitude of uh, JRPGs they released. But yeah, and you got a different one. What was the VHS you got? So I was subscribed to Wizard Magazine. And I'm not even entirely sure that this is why I got the VHS. But it I, I was the only thing that I could think of that was like in that vein that would have sent me something like that. Because otherwise, I think I might have had like Nintendo Power. And by then, by that age, it was probably long, long canceled. Um, right. Uh, and obviously Nintendo Power wouldn't have sent it because it was a PlayStation product, right? So the only thing I could think of was that it was Wizard Magazine that I was subscribed to that, that made this VHS come in. But it literally was just like a, a single commercial with just Final Fantasy VII on it. So it just said Final Fantasy. It was in a, a brown uh, box, like, you know, with a little window on it, just said Final Fantasy VII. And when you popped it in, it was just one commercial and that was it. And I remember watching the commercial over and over and over again because I was so blown away um, cause this actually, I believe, I want to say that it was in, it was before the PlayStation actually came out. It was before the N64 came out and you alluded to the fact that I didn't play it when it first came out. And the reason for that was because I had N64 and a lot of times kids had one or the other, right? They had PlayStation or they had N64. Sometimes, you know, you get lucky and you get both, but, um, I had, uh, I had N64. So, um, I kind of looked on from a distance, like you know, wondering this, you know, what this like magical world was, you know, was holding and, and it became a bucket list game for me. Um, and I'll, I'll let you uh, kind of tell a little bit more about kind of your first experiences with it, because I, I kind of went, I think it was probably the year after it was the first time I played it, but I'll, I'll let, I want to hear about kind of your first experiences actually playing it on the PlayStation. So you, yeah, okay. So you didn't play it for a year after it came out then. Yeah. And I, and I played it on PC, but we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Oh, oh, that's yeah. right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I first got it. And I don't remember how exactly if my brother bought the game officially or, and we just shared it. I mean, we obviously shared it. We only had one copy of the game. And I remember first getting it and seeing that it was going to be three discs. And you see like the little three disc icon on the back of the cover. And you're like, what? Like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, this is going to be what? I have to change this. This is how big yeah. this game is. And just that seeing like the artwork and getting that like thick inch wide like um uh whatever you call those packaging the cd packaging there you go and just being like what and i think that was when 
I don't know if they eventually changed, but I remember PlayStation had like those big cardboard box uh, for their C- their CDs at the time um, when the first PlayStation first started. But I remember just putting that game in and just being like hypnotized by the menu music. The doo-doo-doo-doo. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's just like amazing. And then just the sound effects of the menu, like the selecting different options in the menu is just so memorable in my head. It just like echoes. So getting into that game, it's just never played anything like that before, really. I mean, my brother was really into RPGs, so I've seen different ones. And he was a big Sega boy. He was always into the Sega stuff. And just playing that for the first time, it's like you get goosebumps. You're just like, oh, my God, what is going on? This this cool dude with spiky hair. He rides a bike and he's got a giant sword. What's not the love? And then there's some crazy evil antagonist guy running around. And it's just like, uh, it was just a whole new experience. And being able to experience it with my brothers as well made it extra special because we just kind of would, would talk about it and be like, oh, did you get here yet? Or I'd watch them play. So, yeah, getting started in that game was it was just wonderful. I loved it. Well, and I, I think that um, one of the things that made it really special was that it lived up to the hype. You know, like I, I think, you know, this many years later, Final Fantasy VII gets a lot of flack on the internet, and it's like it's not even the best Final Fantasy VII, or it's not even the best Final Fantasy game. Like you know, you got to play four and six, or you know, there's somebody who'll be like five is by the, by far the best, you know. Um, but the reality is like this was our introduction to Final Fantasy for a lot of a lot of kids our age. Even if we played the original on Nintendo, we probably didn't remember or even know exactly what it was you know what i mean like i remember the same thing with like dragon warrior like i didn't realize dragon warrior was dragon quest and it was something that I kind of experienced and then kind of falls into the the sands of time kind of thing so this was the first time that we're like conscious human beings really experiencing final fantasy um and because there was such a huge you know marketing campaign i think the reason why was because they knew they had something special in their hands i mean they had a protagonist and an antagonist that were they that were like you know icons in the making and a storyline that was incredibly original like they were able to do you know up until this point i mean we saw games like zelda that really kind of took us on an adventure that you know still had a very simplistic storyline it's just like bad guy takes the princess come get the princess there's 12 dungeons or so maybe give or take hope hope you find the secrets you know and there's no like there wasn't a lot of like kind of depth to the story i mean this was the first game where um, you would be playing it. And even as a young, you know, as a teenager, like you're, you're like, I don't know if I understand everything that's going on here. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And I, I definitely didn't understand. And bringing up Zelda actually is a good point because I remember that was really my first entry into kind of like an adventure RPG that just lets you do, whatever you want. I mean, right. obviously Final Fantasy VII is a little more linear. You can still go back to play some places and re-experience them in some way, but... Uh, you can get lost in the slums very early on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, I remember being obsessed with the, the original Zelda games. I remember the ad campaign too, kind of emphasizing the, the, the narrator, kind of emphasizing like, an epic RPG, like years in the making or something. They always would say like three years, like 
X amount of years in the making, like really saying like, this game is going to blow you away. And you can tell just like from seeing the trailer, it's like, whoa, look at these graphics. Yeah. And I feel like they would always show um, the scene that's kind of at the end of the game where they show like cloud, like traveling through like space and time and where he's like enhanced, where they show him actually look what he's supposed to look like instead of like the QB. The yeah. QB guy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean those those ads like they really hooked you. They did. And and um I, for me, you know, I, I in a way I, I kind of appreciate the journey that I had with the game because I built it up in my head. It it had this um mystique where it was just like, like I said, it became a bucket list game. It was like I had to play this game, I had to beat this game. And I didn't have a PlayStation. So the only way that I could get my hands on it was a friend of mine also didn't have a PlayStation. He bought it for PC. And somehow it magically went from three discs to like six discs or five discs or something like that. Are you serious so, on PC? Yeah. So, it was, yeah, so it, was, um, it was in like a paper case. It would fold out and it had like the, the discs slotted in the in both sides of the paper case. And I remember being like, I thought this was three discs. <laughs> wow. I <laughs> think I so remember many. seeing it. I don't know if it was you had it or somebody else had it, but I remember seeing it and it was like, almost like, like a trapezoid shape or something like it was like yeah. your triangle thing. A lot of the old big box games came in that shape so they could sit on a shelf kind of thing. Um, Can you imagine so, PC games in general? Like they, I remember going and be like, oh, look at these cool, they, they, those were like part of advertising them because there wasn't really a lot of TV advertisements, so they just have these giant boxes, the, the cool imagery, and you yeah. open it up with a Velcro thing, and it's like all these yeah. screen shots from the game. You're like, oh man, I wish I had a computer to play these. <laughs> yeah. kind of, actually, I did at the time. My brother had one, but yeah, I missed I missed a lot of the the PC game experiences, but that was one that I that I got to have. And you know, um, I think even at that time. You know, I was into other hobbies at the time. I was really big into skateboarding back then. I was, you know, really big into guitar playing. And a game like that was still, I think, a little bit too cerebral, a little bit too kind of much for me to handle in terms of kind of time of dedication. And, you know, even playing it as an adult, it's like there's some points in the game that you get to where you're just like, where do I go? And it's like, you need to go to Wu-Tan. It's like way at the bottom of the map and like you have no indication that that's where you need to go. You literally just need to explore, <laughs> figure out that you need to find, you know, Yuffie or Yuffie or whatever her name is uh, in, at this particular point in the game. And I remember scrambling to try to like, you know, figure out where the heck to go. And when I was younger, it was just like, I don't have time for this. Like, I'm just putting it down. <laughs> oh, it's funny. But, I, I had like, the, I like obsessed over it. And I think that's an interesting thing too, is that, the internet was still pretty young, so you didn't have yeah. a lot of information um, to figure out what to do other than magazines. Um, I'm sure there was probably some stuff like Game Facts is one of the earlier things. It's strategy guides. Yes, thank you. Strategy guides was probably the biggest thing is like you get a strategy guide to do everything. And it's kind of sad that those are now like a, a pastime. But those so are like a work of art. Yeah, so I actually this is this is one that I purchased on eBay. I did actually have this when I was younger, um, but I ended up somehow you know misplacing right. it or like someone borrowing it or something like that. So I had to rebuy it. I think you burned um, it. What's that? You, I think you burned it ritualistically and inhaled. That, it that's a possibility. Trying yeah, to become I mean, a Sephiroth. Yeah. 
that 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 uh, <laughs> that sounds like something that I would do. But um, you know, I more recently, I actually platinum this game on PS4 somewhat recently, the last few years. Oh no way! And uh, I was like, I don't, I don't want to look anything up online. I wanted to literally just use the strategy guide, like old school style. Oh, like if cool. I get stuck, I'm gonna. And you know what? You know, you know what's funny is the almost the only thing I really used the strategy guide for was just the map in the back. There's a um, very, very horrible, rudimentary map. In well, the that's what was tricky about the game is that it, it still utilized like a 2D ground plane. So it made it, it made it very difficult. Oh my goodness. Is that what they're like, trying to navigate? Is that what it looks like? Yeah, that's what it looks like. And, and trying to navigate a digital world with this like hand-drawn or like painted map was like really difficult. To... Where, hold on a second, let me see that again. Where the hell is uh is it like A is A where the start point is? The where the heck well, is the start point? I'm not even looking at it, you're looking at it, so I don't know. <laughs> Tell me the things. <laughs> Let's check out A. Uh well there's B B E E K W E E E E. There's a bunch of repeating E's oh, here. Oh yeah. Um oh that's Chocobo tracks. That makes sense. Goodness. Um so A yeah, A is Midgar. Midgar, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, where's the, um, I got it right. Oh, must be up here. Uh, I'm cool. T is the crater, which is like way up here in the, uh, oh, in the yeah. I love that they put the little Island too, where you get the gold chocobo. Yeah. I remember yeah, like, how did I even, that I must've looked up on game facts or something. Cause I or got from a magazine, how to get the gold chocobo. Cause that was a freaking ordeal in itself, man. That there's a couple be. different ways to do it, but yeah, the, the one where you have to breed the chocobos is there's no way you could figure that out on your own. Like you literally have to look that up. Yeah. Because you have to like yeah, get like, certain lures to like get certain chocobos. You have to get a green. Yeah. You have to get like a blue. You know, pink, and then, yeah, exactly. Red. Yes. And um, then but what's crazy is that and we're kind of jumping around a lot, but I was so into that. I was so into the chocobo stuff as a kid, and I can't imagine being as into it now if i tried because i've been because you mentioned you planned it platinumed it I, I feel like i've tried to go back and play it and i have I had a hard time maybe because i just got so i played it so much as a kid it's it i don't know i find it hard to go back to and, and try to play through again well um this is actually a game that i actually play every few years now um, oh really yeah, it's just I, it's it's very special to me. And um, one of the things that they've really enhanced on the PlayStation Four is that you can actually do times three speed. Mm. So that changes the game completely, and you can actually turn battles yeah. off. So you can say, okay, I'm going to sit here and farm, turn battles okay. on. I'm going to farm up some XP, and then when you're like, I want to do the things that I want to do, um, I'll just turn battles off and I'll go and do the things that I want to do. And that made a huge difference in terms of replayability for me because it's like you just have so much more control over the game and those tedious moments that like you're like oh my god like i've fought these enemies so many times like i don't want to like sit through these battles like the fact that you can a speed the battle up and b you know potentially even just skip the battle altogether is just that's a game changer that is pretty good um but yeah going back to like beginning the game i remember that being it that it was on like a 2d plane still it still it made like where you had to go a lot more confusing and i didn't realize that for the longest time that you could like hold select or press select and it would show you that the doorways that you could go in 
So I remember a lot of times I'd be walking around trying to find where to go. And it's just like, and then I was like, oh, just hit a button and it shows me where the doors are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just like just walking along. You're like, how do I get out of this cave? And it's just like, you're just like, oh my God, I'm not another battle. I a lot. And I'm so thankful they made a materia that can prevent that from happening. There's like a materia that you can cancel battles in the game. I actually didn't even realize that with all the times that I, yeah. Yeah, I'm um, telling you, dude, I, I did a lot of stuff in that game. I did almost pretty much everything that you can do, I've done. I feel like I must have like had that material because one of the achievements or one of the trophies for the Platinum is like to get all the material. And I think you have to master everything. I think you have to master all materia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forget exactly what it's called, but I know there was one like, it's like you get no... Um, no battles and then there was another one that was fun i used to use a lot no battles uh was the footsteps you get like experience points for walking yeah it helps level up your materia a lot quicker i think yeah that one was really useful four cut once you get like those crazy like some material leveled up they're just like undefeatable well and you get like certain weapons like the apocalypse that does triple growth and it's just like <laughs> it changes the game because it's like you're just getting so much more experience on the materia every battle that you do i remember like round nights of the round table with w summon i think it's called and then you do yeah. like four times summon or something crazy and so you're, you're watching nights of the round table repeat like six yeah times <laughs> like go get snack it takes like a 20 20 minutes to just finish watching it all oh that's good times but yeah i um I did play it on PC, but I didn't finish it. And then I ended up getting a PlayStation from a mutual friend of ours, uh, Colin. And uh, I think I paid it. I bought like, five, you know, 15 bucks. And I remember going into a KB Toys and I picked up this copy, which at the time was the greatest hits. Nice. Um, and so this is my original copy from when I was younger. Oh, and then awesome. later on in life, the, the collector in me had to have the black label edition. So I went out and got the original as well. Um, this is unfortunately not sealed. I do have some other Final Fantasy games sealed PS1 copies, which is pretty cool. But this one is um, uh, very, very expensive to get sealed. Um, and I, you know, once I got it on PlayStation, that's actually the time that I that I actually went through and, and beat it. Um, and I was just, it was, it was so cool that it didn't disappoint, like on any front. Like it was every... Like even the games that I played back then, like Ocarina of Time and Mario 64 and um, some of the early games that really captivated me, like weird ones like Vaxanadu on NES that was like literally like an RPG that was like a, a true adventure. They just paled in comparison to the complexity of this game, to the, the storytelling and the spoiler alert. Yeah, I'll probably death. just put like a spoiler thing in the front of this. But I mean, if somebody hasn't played Final Fantasy VII this this many years in, yeah. um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to to, um, to really call it. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 that you know this this next thing we're going to talk about um, is one of the things that separated the game. It made the game infamous, and at the time, it really hadn't been done. Although, what's funny is. Going back and playing all the other Final Fantasy games, because I've played a lot of them at this point, they all kind of have, they all do this. Like, it's interesting. I think it's one of the reasons why people are like Final Fantasy VII isn't even the best one kind of thing, because 
if we go back, a lot of what makes Final Fantasy VII special, even down to the music, that intro music that you like, yeah. it didn't come from Final Fantasy VII. It came from the previous Final Fantasies. Right. Um, you know, the the sound effects and like the all the items, like the ethers and the potions and Phoenix Down, like all that stuff comes from previous games. And that was so cool to like uncover the history going back and playing the older games. The yeah, and it and it item. <laughs> rather rather than it cheapening the experience, it actually kind of enhanced it for me because it's like, what a cool concept that this franchise basically has these motifs that it carries throughout it, but um, but is able to make it different enough that each game feels unique and, and individual. And but but one of the themes that is actually in almost all of them is is characters die. Like main characters will actually die. Yeah. Um, and in this game, you know, one of the main characters dies and it's just, I mean, I think it's probably one of the most momentous things that's ever happened in video game history. Like, I can't think of another thing that I saw in video games at that age that had the same impact. So I'd, I'd love to hear kind of what your experience was when you kind of got to that point in the story. Well, when I got to that point in the story, I turned off my PlayStation <laughs> I broke the disc. No, it was just like a, a jaw-dropping moment because I was seeing that as like a young adult, and you're just like, "What?" It's like main characters don't die. How do yeah, they do that? I thought yeah. this was gonna be like a, a love interest, uh, yeah. cloud, be be there till the end. It was just something very unexpected, and I don't personally remember ever seeing that in the video game prior. Um, and that, especially in that, uh, in that way, where that mo very impactful way. I mean, you got this guy with a giant sword flying down and impaling this character, like her. It's unreal. It's, yeah, it's insane. It's like, um, yeah, just super violent, unexpected, and just shocking. And I remember probably talking with my brothers about it and just being like, we were all just kind of like blown away by it and very, very cinematic moment. And then, yeah, it's then like how it's like, there's like this funeral with, with cloud and carrying her into the water and all this. Was well, so before we even get to that, before we even get to that directly after it happens, you go into a battle with Genova, one of the Genova versions and they play the Ares theme, the piano, that super sad piano. Oh, that's right. While you're fighting. So you're like, <laughs> eh, eh, <laughs> trying to like beat this boss. And just like, um, it's like this crippling emotional experience. And then you just go right into battle mode. And it just, it's playing that, that super somber song. And what's crazy is like, no matter how many times I play the game, I hit that point. I start the boss fight and that song comes on and it just crushes me every single time. It's just so. I need to experience brilliant. that again. It's so brilliant. Yeah, it was, I, I need to experience that again with a playthrough because I don't I, I, I don't have a strong enough memory of it because I haven't really played it since I was a teenager. So. Or all the way through. But yeah, that was yeah. just subverts your expectations and just the music throughout the game in general is is a masterpiece in itself all, all every every little detail they put into that is is amazing um, yeah sephiroth just being one of the most badass villains of all time the the yeah i mean the characters like cloud and sephiroth like i can't really think of 
a more badass pair of kind of protagonists and antagonists. I mean, it's like one for the books in terms of like a Luke Skywalker and a Darth Vader or like a Mario and Bowser, like, um, but you get that kind of like cool, edgy uh, anime, you know, character design with like really um, exaggerated features, like really, you know, sharp facial features and super, you know, extravagant swords and long kind of flowing clothing that would be um, completely impractical in a, in a battle setting, but they, they managed to pull it off anyway. Yeah, um, all the characters have very unique clothing choices. <laughs> but um, yeah, they pull it. I remember actually, so at, at the end of the game, you have like a lot more weapons show up. Or I mean, I guess they come up throughout the game. But I think Ruby Weapon, is, is that the one that kind of shows up after you beat the game? I think yeah, I think you can fight Emerald at any time. As soon as you get the submarine, you can actually go down and fight Emerald, and that yeah. would be a bad time. That for you would not dismiss uh, <laughs> me. But um, Ruby, I think you're right. I think you have to actually um, beat the game for him to show up, and I think he shows up where the um, the golden saucer, the gold saucer. Yep, there's like a little sand pit. Yeah. And you see yeah, like little little tendrils sticking out of the sand. You're like, what's that? You have to take the oh, car. Yeah, you walk into it and you're just like... And, then, and that is by far the most brutal battle in the game. Like, oh, it's the, terrible. The, the RNG on that of like, you know, uh, please don't take Ares. Please don't take Ares. Oh, he took Ares. I'm screwed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny because Ares was dead when, at that point. So... Oh, you're right. So how did I, how did I do that? I feel like... This is what I did. I cheated. I, I used. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't really a cheat because it didn't help because I used Game Shark, like, and this is like after I pretty much did everything. So I had I probably had like a copy of the save, but I used Game Shark to bring Aerith back to life. Oh, okay. That so she could use the invincibility. But that doesn't really matter. It helps you stay alive a little bit because that's her, her limit break is like the invulnerability. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter because he sucks down characters anyway. Right. And I think at one point I just finally got lucky and, and took him down. I don't even remember how I did it. I um, The last time I beat him, I, I must have, when I'm saying like, please don't take Ares, it must have been from like watching a video online like that because yeah, I wouldn't have had Ares because I definitely didn't use Game Shark. I, I didn't even have one. Um, but I, but I do remember getting into some kind of weird locked pattern where I just, it was just cloud. It was just cloud and just Ruby weapon. And I was able to actually just, um, withstand his attacks and heal enough and then attack him. And it was like, I mean, it had to have been, um, I think you had to do this for the, uh, for the platinum trophy as well. So I was probably doing it on times three. And I think it still took like someone in the vicinity of like 15, 20 minutes just to like, oh, wow. just to, to, to like do this like pattern that I had like figured out. Um, but yeah, there's some kind of combination of like W item um, and or, or W summon or something like that, that you and spamming yeah. Knights of the round table maybe, yeah. but I it's feel funny like, because I, oh, good. doesn't he always, doesn't he also use like an interrupt if you get him to a certain health point? So you can't like keep hitting him over and over again. Like you can't spam damage. I feel. I think that the. I think what I remember, and honestly, my memory is not very good of this, even though 
because I've only I've only fought him as many times as I beat the game. I don't really go after them. I did it like once to like you know have like uh, the accomplishment as a gamer kind of thing for myself, and then the second time I think I did it just to do the for the platinum. So I haven't like beaten them a bunch, um, but I remember that depending upon where you attack him, he has an auto kill move where like if you I think if you attack his tendrils or, or something like that. He'll, he just like literally auto kills you. He's just like, no, that's, that's fine. Something like 999. Yeah. 9,999. I think it's some, it's some multiple of like what you hit him with. He hits back with that is kind of how like the code works. But oh. um, so you're pretty much screwed. It's like if you can, whatever you hit with, like you likely cannot withstand, you know, some multiple of that back to you. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, th- that was such a cool idea too. Cause it was like, it was the early days. Uh, it was before DLC, right? So it's like, okay, you beat this like momentous game. You got really attached to it. What else can you do now? And yeah. you know, Sephiroth's dead, and the game gives you more. You know, like there, are, there's more to do. You know, you can master your materia. You can go and fight the weapons. You can go play in the gold saucer. Um, well, according to Kingdom Hearts, he's not dead. Oh, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> oh right now they show him in kingdom hearts and he's got like a little wing well i mean he has a wing in the final which is actually seven. really cool and that's one of the main reasons i wanted to play kingdom hearts on a side note just because it had cloud and sephiroth yeah. in it within better graphics so it was kind of neat yeah. to but anyway but yeah all the mini games like i remember spending all that time in gold saucer like oh i want to play the snowboard game i want to play the submarine game I want to master them. I just want to master. And then, like, you get the limit. Um, is that is that how you get um, Cloud's limit break? His final limit break is by beating the that's that dungeon survival mode in the Gold Saucer. It's either that or it's um, also. It's why fine. can't I think of his? Oh, Omni Slash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's either the, either get Omni Slash or you get uh, the final weapon that. The, the like crystal looking sword that I can't think of the uh, name of. Either. No, you get that from um, beating Omega. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yeah, it's called Ragnarok, I think. No, 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 no. Ultima is his, is his main weapon. Or is it, Ultima is his final weapon that he gets. The Ultima weapon. But isn't Ultima that spell that does like the green thing that goes, Ultima is a spell. Ultima is also a, a weapon, I believe. You might be right. I honestly, then, like, you don't remember the Ultima weapon? We have the guide right here. We could we could totally look it up. Yeah, look it up. I'll and I'll talk about this. This makes for a good. <laughs> this makes for a good. Uh, like, Ultima hey, weapon. Hey everybody, watch us look stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they appreciate us being right. Clouds. Well, ultimate. I mean, people would already be like, you know, Clouds Ultimate Weapon. Ultima Weapon is an incarnation of the recurring sword that appears in several games in the Final Fantasy series. Oh, yeah, you get it by defeating Ultimate Weapon. So you get the Ultimate Weapon by defeating Ultimate Weapon. I thought he was called Ultima. Ultima is a spell, though. Oh, yeah. Um, So it's called Ultimate Weapon. Yeah, Ultimate. Which checks out. That makes a lot more sense. Or Ultima. It says Ultima here. I mean, it might be like a lot of the stuff, you know, at that time, um, it was like the, you know, in the Japanese games, they would run out of space. So like, for instance, in, in Final Fantasy 4 or Final Fantasy 2, um, 
meteor, which is a spell that shoots out a bunch of meteors. It just says medio. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's yeah. medio? <laughs> I love how in this guide it says that the Ultima weapon is valued at two two gil uh, or jill, however you want to say it. But um, that's cheap. Just so, like, yeah, because you're never going to sell it because it's the best weapon in the game. You never got it? Yeah, I got it. I just didn't remember oh, what it was called. Let's see the slave. Let's see the save file, huh? All right, well, let's do it, man. I mean, <laughs> you ever get? No, I believe you. You ever get uh, the lucky sevens? When it was, uh, so, if you get your HP to seven, 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 you go like kind of. I don't know if you go berserk, but every time you hit, it's for seven hundred and seven. So, so if you get it, like, um, it's for every time you hit, it's seven thousand seven hundred seventy-seven damage. So it's, it's that's very cool. I, I, I don't think I actually have done that, but I have, uh, I think I've seen it or like saw it in like a, you know, if you watch yeah. like a, or yeah. cool facts about Final Fantasy VII type videos, I would have seen it there. But yeah, I think I, 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 think I got it once and I'm, I can't remember if you keep attacking until like all the opponents die or what, but, or you just, I think you go like auto attack. But that was another fun thing about the game is just all the spells, all the limit breaks. It's like these characters, there's, however many there are it's like you can customize your party in multiple different ways so first i know that final fantasy has been around for a while but for me it's like i've never played anything like this before really so i'm like building all these yeah. teams did you have like a specific uh team that you would use mainly i actually like to run so i when now that i've been playing it kind of more regularly i try to like uh, mix it up but i actually really like red 13 and vincent with cloud that's my party that i like to roll with okay um and i think it's just because i, I really like those characters i think uh vincent's limit break too where he turns into like the frankenstein guy oh, his limit breaks are so fun yeah they, he does a lot of damage i mean he's not it's not the best limit break it's not like max you know it's not the most optimized way to play but if i have a chance to have vincent in my party he's going to be in there and okay. i and i like that um and I really like Red 13 as a character. He's super cool. I kind of like, uh, I love his whole backstory and I love like the small little kind of emotional moments of like him seeing his father turn to stone, like fighting off the, um, uh, you know, whatever enemies were like attacking Cosmo Canyon or whatever. And, oh, yep. Uh, but, you know, I, I have actually, I almost never play with Ares. I mean, once you, especially once you know that she's going to die, I'm like, I'm not leveling her up. Like, oh, why really? I'm not buying your staff. You don't get an extra staff. You can play with your base staff. Oh, <laughs> See, I was always obsessed with getting everybody's everything. Like, I'd get everybody's weapons if I could, um, just to, like, have, make sure everybody has the best stuff. I mean, I, it got to the point. I think I did use Ares a lot, and um, I think I always called her Aerith for some reason. But um, that's a real. That's what her name is, actually. But in the game, it uh, says Ares, so you assume that it's Ares. Ares. Yeah, that's right. With the new remake, but even then, I said Eris, I think, and then I started okay. changing Eris when I heard that that was like the more that was the Japanese okay. version, I think. Um. Anyway, but I think I was always keen on just using Barrett, Tifa, and Cloud. I was. I was like the. I use the purest, the purest. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the main character. But I also really liked Red Thirteen and Sid. I think if my secondary party would have been was Sid, Red Thirteen, and I think actually probably um, Vincent. Kate but, Sith. Final answer. 
Kate Sith. Yeah, isn't it like isn't it like I looked that up and it's like there's an Irish pronunciation of that game that name. It's apparently like an Irish name, or it's like pronounced totally different. But yeah, I mean the the pronunciation of these types of things are are basically designed just so there's arguments on the internet. Exactly. Um, I found uh, the true meaning of the name cloud. It's not it's a cloud not, in the sky. It's the cloud in his mind. It's cloud. <laughs> it's um, clued. <laughs> I mean, he's not a cat. He's not a cat. Yeah. Oh, wait, he is a cat. There's a cat on, top, a cat of the on top of the blob. So maybe it's cat sit. Which I but, think is like supposed to be a stuffed animal that he brought to life or some crap. Something like that. And then it's being controlled by Reeves, the uh, the Shinra executive. Being controlled by uh, the, the live stream. No, that's not true. Yeah, come on. Let's just. Let's, let's... <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, the the story really is. Um, it's it's like a it's it's good enough to be its own kind of like movie trilogy. Like if they made that into its own movie, you know what I mean? Well, like they, they made Advent Children, man. Yeah, Advent Children was very good, but it was kind of an aftermath, you know, yeah. slash slash regurgitation of like this whole idea of like let's like show like a new way to show the reunion. Um, yeah, and uh, a lot of which, like, huh, huh, yeah, huh, yeah, yeah, like, like oh, that very anime esque sound effect. They're like, huh, 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 yeah. better than you. Nice I love the scene in that movie where um, they fight or whatever, and at the end of the fight, the guy gets the cell phone call, and it's the victory fanfare, like, yeah, super cool, clever, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I would love for them to actually do a legit movie. Um, I would be fine with it being CG in the Advent Children style where they actually did the whole kind of Final Fantasy story. I mean, we're kind of getting that with um, remake. With the remake, did you play the remake all the way through? I did. Um, what did you think of it? Just out of curiosity, it stinks. <laughs> no, I, I loved it. I didn't have any. The only thing I didn't like was some of like. And I think this is like a common uh, thing. <laughs> I have good Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a common thing is that the side quests people aren't really keen on a lot, like the side quests. But honestly, I mean, they're side quests. So they're, that's what they, they are. They're not supposed to be amazing. But I loved it and uh, enjoyed it throughout. Yeah. The, combat, the one thing I would say. Combat's good. Combat. Yeah, I love the combat in that. Uh, I am with the people who don't like the side quests. And the reason why I don't like the side quests is because, oh, is that the, uh, is that his little blade? You. Where are you? Over there somewhere? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know better than me. <laughs> those, those, that's for later. I'll, I'll do that at the end. I'll show off those, these horrible figures I have. Yeah, I want to check those out. Um, but yeah, I didn't like the side quests because you had to actually, I think you had to complete them to actually move from the slums. Like oh, sector five. True, yeah. like, so it's like you were like kind of forced through it and it just, it wasn't like, um, like in, well, first of all, in, in those old RPGs like Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation 1, like I didn't really differentiate side quests from regular quests. Like it was just like an, an overall adventure, right? You went into a town, okay. something happens and you're just kind of on that. And that might, push the story forward or it might just be something that's like a side thing and then you go to another house in that town and then that pushes the story forward so it was more um streamlined in that way it wasn't just like nowadays where it's just like 
you get a menu and it's like, oh, this is a main quest. And oh, these are side quests. And you like know that they're side quests. And I, I think that that kind of detracts a little bit of the, the experience by having that subdivision. And in the new game, it was the same thing. You'd go into like the, you'd, you'd be like in, a sl- in the slums and it, you'd pull up the menu. And it's like, you've got all these side quests you got to do. And it's not like you had a chance to like go and do the story. It's like, well, if you don't do these side quests, when you leave here, you won't get them back. Like you have to do them. Or, or you won't uh, be able to. Or else. And maybe well, that's not what? true. It just kind of felt that way to me when I was playing it, where I was like, if I leave here, like, am I going to lose this? Because it wasn't like something that was like in a menu that I could then say, okay, I'll just go back to this. Because, um, and that, that actually uh, really brings me to a, a point that I well, want. Listen, man, I hate the side quest now. You've turned me. Cool. I'm glad that. Like uh, anymore. Because now I'm, glad I'm, that I grew it. I'm like why they didn't need it because like they could have done more with the regular story and right. my am i 100% wrong in this that the original did not have side quests really that's what i was just talking about if they did have side quests it was something that felt like part, part of, of like, I mean, the main thing cuz cuz even like the battle arena you could consider that to be a side quest right you didn't need to do that yeah sure, yeah, sure. i think you had to do it once chocobo's chocobo thing you didn't need to do chocobo's aside yeah Although you did need to do it to get to certain areas, I think, like to climb the mountains at Diverse, you needed certain chocobos to get ter- across terrain in the world map. So, um, yes, because I know I'm true. You, to go yes, over water, right. you need to do it. You need chocobo. You need mountain chocobo to get over the mountains. And then you need world chocobo, which is the gold one. Go anywhere you damn please. And then you just yeah. get the ship and nothing even matters anymore. Right. Case closed. Ending the Zoom call, and then you can't, and then you can't, <laughs> and then you can't land anywhere once you get the ship because it's like that's not that's not an area you can land on. Um, right. Well, let's get back to the point you were going to make because I cut you off. Well, I totally forgot it now. Actually, shoot, so. I freaking knew it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we we're talking okay. about the side okay. quest, and you were about to say something groovy. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it had something to do with kind of comparing the the old to the new. Um, but I, I I lost it unfortunately. So if I get well, it back, they, they had one of the thing main examples I was thinking of was the Don Cabin. What's his name? Don the Don, Don part Don of Cornish. the game. Yeah, and that part is like a means to an end, you know, because it is part of the main quest and you have to do this, but it feels like a side quest in a way. So yeah. it's like embedded in the actual story. Very so true. When you go to the actual place in the remake you kind of just want to do that part because that is like the side quests are part of the game. I feel like in the original and in this, yeah. it's like find the cats, find the ghosts, kill the ghosts, oh, find, find, find some cats more. And then yeah. all the cats die. Spoiler alert. All cats are dead now. Okay? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, I, I, but yeah, I feel like it just that's flows true. into the regular game. I mean, you, because like there were points where you had to do these things like, Cosmo, uh, what's the in the original? You had to fight off like the army of yeah, the, um, and you had to like the one with the eagle egg on the top. Yes. Uh, Condor, yeah, that, Operation are, Condor, something like that. Condors. It's it's almost like they were forced side quests. You know, they they felt like side quests, but you had to do them. <laughs> yeah, they're like you have to do these. Yeah, there's there's definitely a completionist aspect to it um which i definitely but but the old games motivated to do that so i thought of the i, I realized with my original point that i was trying oh, to make let me that I lost you. um 
cool. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, Condor, where Condor's point. Um, but what, what I was thinking was the, the one thing that I think that the first game really does well and that a lot of older games did, like Zelda, that the new game has failed to do and that a lot of new games are failing to do is the freedom aspect. Um, the new in the remake, the freedom is really taken away from you in a lot of areas with, that I wish they gave it to you. I mean, there's moments when I'm in like the sector five slums and I'm, I'm like, I'm in this beautiful world. Everything is just, it's, I'm seeing like this world that I, that I love so much finally come to life in like HD graphics. And I walk down the street and it's a big, no smoking sign. Like you can't go this way. It like turns you around and you have to go the other direction. And it's just like, why? I want to see what's over there. Yeah. Like the cancel sign pissed me off. A yeah. Lot of times. And yeah. And you, you, I think it literally actually turns you around and you have to like go in the other direction. So, yep. um, whereas in the original game, it's like, if you want to go somewhere terrible that you shouldn't be, you want to walk across that like muck that has the little snake guy doing like the, you know, uh, um, like old windows jazz ball pattern of like bouncing off the <laughs> walls. Oh um, yeah. You know, I'm talking about the big snake guy. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. But I think Sephiroth kills when he goes through there. He ends up like they end up like showing a cinematic where he like puts his sword through the whole snake, but then still really? somehow has has his whole has his sword afterwards. Anyway, if, if you want to go there early and die, that's your yeah. prerogative. You can do whatever yeah, you, you want. go there, you get like ninety level twenty enemies or something. Yeah, yeah. He just he just bites you once and you die. Um, but in the new game, it's like, no, we want you to have the experience we want you to have. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what video games are about. Video games are about you fooling me into thinking that I have some freedom of choice because in my regular everyday life, I have very little freedom of choice. And, you know, and I need to go into a virtual world that allows me to experience whatever the hell I, I damn well please. And I think new games have lost that, you know, the, the newest, um, like The Last of Us is an example of that, where it's just like, no, you got to play it the way we want you to play it. You know, the the newest God of War. I mean, they're brilliant games. They're, they're brilliant games in their own right, but it's like they lose that that freedom of, you know, just being in an open world, you know, trying to discover the world and understand the world by its own rules. Um, I feel like the scope of that has just kind of closed in over time where it's become, um, even in, you know, seemingly open world games like this Final Fantasy VII remake is supposed to be kind of this open world-ish experience. They've really kind of um, brought the boundaries in on it and, it and it takes some of the magic away and takes some of the adventure away for me. Yeah, it does in some respect. But I'm wondering if like they will shock us with the next one chapter they come out with if they're going to open it up. Because, I mean, that was like one of the most impactful moments of the original game. It's like, because when you're first playing, you're like, okay, am I like secluded to this one area of Midgar? Yep. And then you go out and it's just like, dee -dee -dee. And it's just like this big open map that you can explore. And obviously they, they find clever ways like, oh, you can't go that way yet. Or you will get destroyed by the snake dune monster right. and et cetera. And like, I think the chocobos were a clever way of doing that because you need... Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the remake, um, it was tough because I went in without expectations and it, you, you definitely sold me, like the, the side quest stuff wasn't great now that I'm uh, re like thinking about it. But just to see it 
in those in that the graphics and the, and the cool voice acting most of the voice acting is pretty well done yeah and just the new take on the story is, is kind of interesting and i'm wondering if they're doing like some kind of time loop in order to create a new timeline in a way like it almost it almost feels like a multiverse scenario yeah which which i'm gonna be a little bit sad about if they try to back out of the killing of aries mm -hmm. um but this could lead to a different death yeah and i'd be fine with that actually you know what i mean that would completely destroy the story if you think about it if they got rid of her death because she becomes life stream so that's that's like the game the point of her is like she goes into like life. the missing yeah. key to healing the planet basically essentially so when she dies it was almost necessary so maybe the Sephiroth's the good guy here and Cloud's the bad guy he wanted to keep her alive Cloud's, Sephiroth knew that if she died she could heal the planet and solve his curse <laughs> think about it Sephiroth's good guy everybody <laughs> you heard yeah. it here Probably last. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I feel like that would be a key, unless they're going to like change the entire scope of everything. But she was yeah, I mean, like the, the breath of the ending of the original. They did. I mean, they did change kind of enough about the remake that it it kind of um, teased us that to let us know that they are going to change things. So now it's becoming this kind of question of like, are they going to go too far with it? Is yeah. it going to be, you know, is it, is it going to feel when you, when you look at the full kind of episodic release end to end, are we going to be like, did they just kind of do that to, you know, market it enough to make it slightly interesting or are they actually going somewhere interesting with it? Um, that new character that they introduced that you fight on with the bike, um, you know, like when you're racing, you've got Jesse on the motorcycle with you, and there's like a, there's oh, a character. Oh, that like he's like ultimate anime greaser guy. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I always thought he looked like kind of like this greaser punk guy. It's just like totally full of himself. But yeah, I forget about him altogether. He's so such a forgettable. There you go. Because he's so, just like they. This is this is this is an interesting point you bring up because this is how they try to they took something and they're obviously segmenting it. So they have like, if they initially, like if this was the original game, it would have been like 20 minutes. You're in Midgar. Like how much, how long are you in Midgar? Like an hour or so, right. you're in for like a few hours, whatever. They, they, they extended it to what, like a 30 hour game. So now yeah. it's like, they're, it's almost like they're forced to add these forgettable characters like that dude. And like, oh, I'm another soldier you didn't know about. Oh, you have powers beyond belief. Let's fight now. It's just like extending the like the time frame of you can play. And I don't know. I mean, it was cool, but uh, it wasn't necessary. It's just like trying to drag out the, the gameplay almost in a lot of ways. And I feel like that's what a lot of it is. And yeah, I would say that I... I very much enjoyed it when I was in the experience. I didn't care. I was so immersed and I was so excited. I mean, when that when that start screen hit and it's the sword and it's the upgraded symphonic music, I mean, it 
was like a wave of emotion that just came over me. It was like shivers up my spine kind of experience. And I remember just sitting on that screen for a little while, just like taking it in. They're like, yeah, Final Fantasy VII remake, remake is finally here. I'm finally going to get to experience this. And the whole first like hour or two that I was playing, it was just like pure, um, pure euphoria. Like just yeah. can't, couldn't even handle how amazing everything was. So when I hit those parts in the story in the first few hours, I was just like, don't care. Like whatever. Like I just need to see what's next. I need to see how they did, you know, this particular section of the game or, or this particular section of the story. Um, but I am a little bit concerned that um, exactly what you said, they made it into a 30 hour game. The original game is probably, I feel like the original game is probably like a, a, a somewhere in the 50 to 60 range, maybe is, I don't know if that's accurate, but. Oh, um, like total time. Yeah. Yeah. Across really sure. all three discs. Right. So, and, and Midgar is such a small part of the true game. Like, so are they going to do the rest of it justice? Are they going to do that open world section justice? And they're clearly, um, I think that we'll see a lot of, I think we'll hone in on a lot of the milestone sections of the game but i think that some of the stuff might be left out or might get kind of glossed over like you spend a ton of time in in wutan um where you're like trying to get all your gear back after uh yuffie steals it from you yeah that was insane I told, yeah you have to go like all the way up the tower and like fight all the guys um so i mean like i wonder what they'll do with with something like that or like um yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd be very interested to see if it has the same um, level of depth. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that in that game. So who the knows, black right? materia, the whole thing with the black materia. I don't remember. That's like the the stuff that Sephiroth's like trying to get, like inside the pyramid, and then he like shrinks the pyramid down. Um, I definitely don't remember this. This is when, uh, do you remember like um, Cloud like losing his memory and stuff? And he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Oh, when he's like, in a wheelchair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's right before that. Oh. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing is like uh, they, you know, some ancient text that they found that like they need to get the black materia and then Sephiroth like manages to get it. And that's how he's able to, I want to say it's how he's like able to get to Genova or something like that um, to, to be able to kind of like, re, you know, have his reunion with Genova. I uh, have, Gen I have Genova. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah every, everything in anime and in Japanese uh, storyline. I remember seeing Genova, you could see her, her, her chest as a kid. I was like, whoa, when he pulls her oh, out. Oh, that's right, scroll up. Yeah, you can see yeah. like, her, her, her boobies a little bit. Yeah, and that's then they actually get they yeah not for kids and then they they when they finally scroll up or whatever it's got like the the like thing that just says Genova it's like a metal yeah, helmet like yeah um yeah, yeah there's it, a lot of really cool cutscenes and cinematics throughout that game and even the summons that was like seeing the summons exciting. for the first time in like the PlayStation that era that time frame of PlayStation like whoa got the giant Titan summon the Earth and Ramu, Bahamut, uh, Neo Bahamut, Bahamut Zero, maybe, I think it was. In yeah, that. yeah. Well, there are three Bahamuts in that. Yeah, it was basically like the Mecha Godzilla. Which, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, 
it just like keeps one up one upping itself in terms of summons and then you get to like yeah bahamut zero or new i forget which one is the last one you get is it bahamut zero he flies into space and shoots down i think that's mm. yeah the sound effect is like so amazing unique. it's like <laughs> yeah because like the sound chip at the time was like limited to only so many things that would just like max it out kind of thing ultima would do the same thing ultima was one of my favorite sound effects when you would cast that spell i i think diablo was my favorite summon i remember even though it wasn't like the most practical to use diablo do you mean, do you mean ifrit or is there a separate one that i'm forgetting diablo the one so Ifrit is the one where he's like the big demon guy and there's like the Ifrit fire. The fire one, yeah. Diablo yeah. used gravity and could somehow uh, okay. do... Demi- I, no, Odin did the instant death. Diablo just did gra- gravity. But it was like a higher ratio or something did more damage, I think. I, I don't know. But it was okay. such a cool summon. He comes out of like a cauldron and then like this... this oh, that's cool right. That's right, yes. Graphic of this bubble puts like the characters in this bubble and crushes it or something yeah that was was so like ominous when it spawns and man they were always they were all pretty amazing yeah they were they were cinematics in their own in their own right so it was like exciting to see and 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 no other game had really done anything like that up until that point um again we had seen it in the earlier final fantasies but if this was your first final fantasy game like this in was the 3D, first in like, like in all yeah. the low poly beautifulness it was <laughs> looking yeah. back at I, it that way. then it was, it was high poly in our minds i still love that old uh polygon artwork a lot of people uh oh yeah you got cloud in the dress um again another thing that just like set the game apart like putting this like strong male protagonist into like a cross-dressing situation um yeah just there's so many like things in the game that just are cutting edge and ahead of its time and like um they they mix in the goofiness with the the seriousness like the the squat challenge where you're like trying to get the wig like even trying to get the the attire to make your way into the the pieces you have to get yeah like you have to do like squats with one guy yep (laughs) yeah i remember being so excited just with all the vast mini games they had in that I mean, they literally had the Golden Saucer, which was like a mini arcade inside yeah. of a game. It's like, this is awesome. I can just go here and hang out in the Golden Saucer. That is, I hope they do that justice, and I'm sure they will, but yeah, I, I can imagine having like, like seeing those mini games like updated or like having like different games that, that they think of, like a claw game would be fun. You can get different plushes. <laughs> Cool. I don't know. But yeah, yeah I, mean, I think I I played that game so much I actually maxed out the time to like 999 hours. That's how long I played that game. I fucking played the hell out of it, man. Trying to get every single, even just getting all the uh, enemy skills you could acquire. This is like a page turner of enemy skills you could get. It used to drive me nuts how when you would do like those types of things where it had a specific spot when you went to go like in this like, you know, time sensitive battle, you know, you're like, I got to go through my menus and it's like, oh, like the spell I need is like 
15 blank spaces down <laughs> to like then get to the thing that I need because it's like yeah. trying to fill the other slots with the things that you don't have yet kind of thing. Yeah, even just trying to get the enemy skills was kind of a pain because waiting for to get the right enemy to spawn. Um, yeah, a little side note, Omni Slash, if you go, if you use Omni Slash in a snow level, it's the coolest thing ever because everything's white use omni slash everything changes color for each slash so you have like this technicolor dream like scenario going on with oh, that's cool background. yeah it was really cool i'll have to check that out yeah i um i can't think of any like difficult enemies in the snow area it's mostly the bunnies in the snow area i think right yeah bunnies i think there's something that's kind of tough but not yeah not really so yeah i'll have to go try i'll have to turn my save on and try that but yeah man this is I'm going to do it right after this. Turn your save on? What does that mean? You're going to turn it on? Well, I'm going to turn on the game that has the save. Much better. I skipped some steps. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please forgive me. The era of the memory card. Yeah. That was a time. Yeah, with us, I'm curious with uh, with you having so many brothers, did, did anybody delete anybody's game in the house? I think it did happen. I did it once to my brother, my oldest brother. And he was not happy with me for a while. So I think it wasn't, I don't think it happened with Final Actually, did it happen with Final Fantasy? It may have. <laughs> yeah, that was not a good day. No, it's not. Because it was not, like, back then, it was, like, nothing you could do. No, you just had to start yeah, over. Yeah. And that, I think the memory card took up, like, a bunch of spaces. It was always a fun thing, too, to look at the different icon designs. Yeah, like cool. Little animated ones. Do, 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 do. Yeah. It did it on GameCube as well. Yes, GameCube. And Dreamcast kind of revolutionized it with the VMU. Did you ever have the yeah, Dreamcast, didn't you? I, again, it was another system I had after, like way after the fact. But yeah, it had like the little things that went. Well, I remember bringing it to work to get for RP, uh, Skies of Arcadia. There's an RPG. And you could, they had a mini game. You can get items and random experience points. It was, it was a lot of fun. That is really cool. It's such a cool Ooh. idea. That would be like portable. This is the, the soundtrack I got from Anime Trash. Oh, yeah. Nice. Providence, Rhode Island. This is the same one. And it's uh, made in Taiwan. But it's, pretty- the, it's the Japanese version. Oh, it actually went in focus. That's cool. Got Midgar. This thing is old. It's a little beat up. It's got some nice uh, artwork. Oh, Yoshitaka Omano. Yeah, there you go. That's the guy. And then just a bunch of screenshots from from the game. Some more of his artwork. I've actually a lot of his a lot of his art books over over the years. Got a couple that are actually from Japan, and then I've got the the Sky set that has like the three um, books from like all the different Final Fantasy games that he's done the artwork for. I, I love his stuff. Oh, his artwork's amazing. Did Vampire D as well? I've seen a um, yeah, I've seen a an interview up, up with him on YouTube that was really cool. Yeah, that's the one thing I've had forever, and what's funny is that. The oh, never mind. That's interesting. Scratch we that. I thought the discs, thought the back of the discs were going to be black. Like, remember PlayStation <laughs> One? The, the discs were black. Yeah. 
because I'm all oh, black this that's so cool and then like PlayStation 3 or 4 was it started rounding the edges of the disc do you notice that in PlayStation I think it was 3 was yeah. it 3 and I was like oh this is so comfortable yeah, <laughs> now they're back to being cheap and crappy yes unfortunately yes so yeah I mean that's anything else you want to anything else you want to cover on Final Fantasy 7 I feel like uh Kind of got through a lot of the a lot of the topics that I was thinking of. Yeah, I, I think that's it. Loves the material system. Yeah, Final Fantasy is a great game. I played it a lot, and then I I think once I got introduced to that one, I kind of got sold on the the next ones. I haven't gone back and played any old ones really. I tried to play the first one, I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's not fun. I I highly recommend the fourth one. Yeah, I think four uh, four and so I'm using the Japanese numbers. So four and six, which would be two and three in America, the ones that came out in America. Um, I think the reason why they came out in America was because they are they are standout games. Um, but I really, really like the fourth one a lot. Okay. PSP version is if you have a PSP, do you have one of those kind of lying around? Oh, nope. Never mind. Do you have a PS Vita? I got nothing. All right. Switch light. It's not on the switch. Have a good night. Really? Oh, bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I, I played eight. I didn't play nine. Okay. I played ten. Hated the final boss of ten. I didn't. I didn't beat ten, so don't spoil it. So I'm gonna oh, play that. One. Yoda kills them all. Oh, really? Yeah. Baby Yoda or regular Yodes? Regular Yodes. <laughs> Definitely regular Yodes. All Yodes. Uh, <laughs> Eleven was the online one, which I played a lot. I, I remember playing that with uh, Dave, um, my friend Dave. He's my friend. Oh, do you have a friend named Dave? That's David. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Twelve. Okay, you're just saying numbers. I'm all getting good. This is good content. <laughs> Ten, nine, Ten, twelve. Seventeen. I have a friend named Dave. <laughs> Thirteen. A lot of people didn't like. I even played the 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 the, the, little, uh, the fourteen online one. That one was actually fun, but yeah, I've heard that's good. I didn't have anybody to play with, so I kind of stopped because it was kind of boring. I couldn't finish fifteen. I know you got pretty into that one, right? Dude, I loved that one. I absolutely I liked it too. But I, I think being that I played it long after it came out, because for some, I don't know what it was about the original that everybody hated. Story, they didn't finish the story correctly. The story was messed up. Yeah. Um, well, this they did the story justice, I guess, because I found it to be a pretty emotional ending. And cool. Really well done. So I, I would definitely recommend beating that. And just don't okay. even. I would I would say don't even worry about the side quest stuff as much, and just focus on getting through the main story because that's what really counts. I got um demotivated when i had to like sit down and eat a meal <laughs> i was like well, you're hanging out with your bros want... eating a meal dude gonna... yeah they're not that likable but yeah, at least... you don't like them no um oh, i did find out maybe you won't be able to play see this. If i can pull this up real quick i don't have my glasses around but i actually someone pointed out to me when i was Is this best what you were looking for those are not the droids i'm looking for now uh, someone pointed out to me when I was in Buy that I kind of look like this guy when I have my oh, glasses yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Chaosu. 
<laughs> no, that's sad. I don't even remember their names, but <laughs> of all the characters, that's like the most memorable moment in DBZ. You kidding me? Chiaosu, no, he sacrifices himself to try and kill Nappa. What about when Krillin dies and Goku goes Super yeah, Saiyan? Fuck Krillin's bald. We need to redo the last episode because I don't think you even know Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> all right, next time on Robots After All. Krillin, yeah, what? Uh, yeah whatever. Krillin can suck a lemon. Chiaosu is my best guy. All right, well, you know. I never I didn't mention that I liked uh, Tien and Yamcha a lot. In you actually did mention that. It's on if you actually look oh, yeah. back. Yeah, I remember that. So can't go back. It's too I mean, we, it already we happened. Will. It's true, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I it's covered. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, I guess that's it for this episode. What are we going to do next time? Do you have any any ideas? Well, we we've, we've got a couple of things on the uh, on our radar. We we you know we would like to talk about uh, Borderlands Three. I honestly would love to do one on Cuphead, but um, I'm going to require that you actually get through that. You're the one who actually showed me that Cuphead was coming out. I think it was somewhere in the vicinity of 35 years ago. And <laughs> yeah, that's pretty it, funny because I was I followed that game forever and I did not play it when it came out because it was coming to Xbox. I didn't have an Xbox or PlayStation. Yeah. Well, it was, it was it was Xbox. It was, it was Xbox. Xbox. It's actually one of, that was one of the main motivators because I was I, once you told me about it, I started following it nonstop, um, and I was so excited for it. And I actually bought the Xbox far before. I think I bought it and ended up playing Halo Five on it or something like that. And then it was still, you know, a long yeah. ways before Cuphead came out. But yeah, I, I played it, and then it became um, one of my favorite games of all time. I mean, it's basically a, a shrine to Cuphead back there. Oh, that's awesome! Um, Holy crap! Holy shoot! Holy yeah. poo poo! Yeah, I'll show. I'll show. Head, man, I have a decal. I have like stickers. I remember I I supported them and I bought like a T-shirt and stickers, and I never played it. And I have it now because it came to PlayStation. Even though I could have got it on Xbox. Yeah, I I would get if you do actually have an Xbox One. I would I would download that version. It's by far the best version. But Woo-hoo. anyway. Uh, We'll, we'll see you guys next time. and uh, We will? I think so, yeah. Are we going to do this again, or is this our last um, episode? We're doing... This is our... I think this next is our time we might down. do a video game, though. Borderlands or something. Well, this is a video game, and uh, Borderlands is a video game. Holy and also shit, Cup- you're right. This is a video game. Cup- Holy crap. Video- <laughs> Cup- <laughs> a video game. So, not only have we done a video game, but the two that we're talking about are Wait, also... Video, video games? games? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Go home, you're drunk. And on that note, next episode we'll be talking about how we're going to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, like everyone. Subscribe, sound off in the comments. Um, this has been Tom and Andrew's Robots After All. That's Andrew. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>